let's begin. <coughs> I want to thank again Carolyn and, and David, which is uh, our home away from home. And they, it's very, very much appreciated. We're going to be, this week and the, in the coming two weeks, we're going to be having this year. So we'll be able to, to have a Hamshech one page Chavbez. We were sort of left at a, a cliffhanger, as they say, Lahazel. We still need to understand. We've learned that the tachlis of our lives is kirvas elokim, is closeness to Hashem The question is, what is the question of what does that mean? What, what exactly is devekis b'Hashem? What's kirvas elokim? How is a person supposed to be close to the Rebbeinu Shlom? What does that mean? And, it, and as we learned, it's a, it's a, it's a hergish of being close. So let's move. Let's go. Page Chav Beis, Eis Chav Vav. Atan and Asal of our b'milu pshutas ma'yem uhusulad veikis b'varis baruch shemay. The tachlis of our lives is to be, is to experience and to feel the veikis b'Hashem, the veikis b'var attachment to the Creator. So the question is, what is the mahus? What is the, what is this? What does it mean to be close to the Baruch Hashem? That we never saw him. We don't know what that means. So what is the mahus? What is the nature of this dveikas, of this attachment? And if you don't have the safe, look inside. It's, it's possible to get more, but I, I, I didn't have any specific uh, requests at the end. I, I mean, I can get more if people want. If you let me know, I can try to get more sperm. They're, they're out there. Mahi mohushla dveikas baris boshal mahi oisa kirvas Hashem. What is this Kirvus Hashem, this closeness to God? Regarding which David Melech said, that for me the best thing is closeness to Hashem. Since the tachlis of life is closeness to God, the question that we ask first is where is Hashem? If you want to be close to someone, then you have to know where he is. Kshani writes Elias Karv Laadam, if I want to be close to a person, In order to be close to somebody, I first have to clarify to understand where is he. In order for me to be close to him, I have to know where he is. And when I know that person, where that person is, then I go there. So there are many, many people that when they live in New York, they act one way, and when they travel to Yushalayim, if they really want to be close to Hashem, they have to travel to Yushalayim. And even in Yushalayim, they have to travel to the Kaisal. And even with the Kaisal, they have to be in a certain stone. And they have to be in a certain mood. Right? So it comes out that if you're lucky, maybe three times your whole life, maybe, maybe a little bit of Kirvis Elokin. So if that's God's address, the Kaisal Maravi, the wall in Yushalayim, if that's the address, so then the person has to go there in order to be close to Hashem. That can't be that Hashem has made the world in such a way where in order for us to be close to Him, we have to spend thousands of dollars and we have to figure out the hotel and we have to, and, and, we, and we can only go there. And there are many years that Jews couldn't even go there, right? We're fortunate. We're fortunate to be able to go there. I was, my family and I, we were on the first, we were on the first plane to go after 1967. We have still my father as proud. He has a certificate. They gave us mail out. My father said, "We're not waiting. We're gonna go straight to the Kaisel. We were the first Jews that came to Israel from Chutzlars in 1967. So that's the tachlis. 
the Baruch Shalom, there were Jews that couldn't get to the coastal Navi. Jews that were Jews that were closer to God than us, even though now people can run over for a Shabbos. If I want to be close, when it comes to human beings, if I want to be close to a friend, if I want to be close to somebody, then I have to know where is he, and I go there. Elias Karvilov, and then I'm close to him. So we would say that if somebody is seeking Hashem and is trying to be close to Him, so then we first have to know where do I go? Where is the Barsham in order for me to be close to Him? Closeness, closeness, we're used to closeness being defined as proximity. And in order for me to be close to Him, I have to go there. If a person doesn't know where to find God, how's it possible to be near him, to be close to him? So we want to know what's the Barishlam's address, so where do we find him? So Chazal, are very, Chazal made it very clear. Which means there is no place that is empty of him. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. Now, what is the meaning of Kedushas, Hamikdash, and the holiness of the Harabais and of the Kaisal Maravi, and why are there differences in levels of holiness in one place or another place? This, which implies that there, is, there are different levels of accessibility that Akash Baruch Hu has. That's not what we're going to talk about now. The Chazal have stated clearly, Lais Asar Ponimine. There is no place that is empty of him. That Hashem is everywhere. Hashem, you were the same, the same way that you were. That it was only you before you created the world. It's only you after you created the world. It's you. Everywhere is you. You know, there's a famous song. I think once, many years ago, in a Shabbos Shuvah, I, I, I read it. There's a, a poem, a song from the Holy Rebbe of Levi Yitzchak called Dudala. You ever hear of it? Dudala? You know, you know that Dodi is my beloved, right? Anila Dodi Vedodi Li. And also, uh, it, it used to be that a nickname for David was also Dudala, right? <clears throat> there's, a, there's a beautiful, beautiful, unbelievable poem from Baditshava, it's in Yiddish, but the, it's called Dudala. And he said it's not by the Baditsh it wasn't it wasn't from the word Daidi or from the word David. What does Dudala mean? It's in Yiddish, what's in Yiddish do? What does it mean Yiddish do? Da a do. Means here. In Yiddish it means here. So the Baditshva says, Rabbanishum, where are you? So he says Dudala do. He says Rabbanishum is he's my Dudala. He's mean he he means he's my always here. He's always with me. He's my here. He's my Dudala. He's do as do. If I if I if I look to the east, Bedichev said, is due, and to the west is due. Lamalis is due. Lamat is due. Alis due. The Baruch Shalom. It's only you, and you're here. You're here. It's only you. So that's what the Kash Baruch Hu's leis also ponimine. Leis also ponimine. He says, shekashem shekaidem v'yes ha'elam akash Baruch Hu ha'yivachal makom. The same way that before he created the world, he was everywhere. We don't even know what it means space. Before there was a world, we don't even we can't speak about there being a difference between Chicago and New York. Before there was a creation, there was no difference between uh, never mind Chicago. There's no difference between between New York and and, and Yerushalayim. It's now, but there was no such thing as a place. 
Kein mamish gam laachish in nifahaylam. So too, even now that we have a world, now that we have physical places and we have all kinds of living beings, just as it was before creation, there is no emptiness, there is no place without God. And the world, is not, the world doesn't separate between us and God. The fact that now we have time and we have space, that doesn't mean that this table is between me and God. I mentioned many times in shul that I remember as a child when my sister was going through a particularly religious phase. So I never had one of those, but my sister did. So, so I, when I sat down next to her, I remember she started yelling at me that you can't sit there because Hashem is sitting there. But then I realized there wasn't such a religious thing because other people were allowed to sit next to her. I was the only one that was that was sitting on Hashem. So then I realized there's something besides theology going on. A child understands that's do. The Vayin Shalom is do. He's here, and the, and this this table and this room and this world and this planet and this universe is not chaytzeitz. It doesn't separate or block Hashem's Baruch's presence. He's bechol makom mamish. Ve'in dar Hashem name and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is bechol makom and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not physical. That God forbid, he he can't be in this place. He can only be in that place. In Cain, Huvalano, it's obvious. It's clear. He was, of course, writing this in Eretz Yisrael. But wherever it is, a person doesn't have to go look for Hashem someplace else. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to travel to find Hashem. <laughs> you don't have to go outside the country, you don't have to go outside the city. And you don't have to go any place, even in your city. It says in Chumash, Hashem is close to you. Meaning close. He's everywhere. Wherever you go. Therefore, you could find him everywhere. If you look at this carefully, you really would be it would be in place to ask a simple question. So David said, when I'm close to God, that's good. Closeness to God is good. That's what we learned last time. That's the best thing. So why did David Melch speak in such a way to say Kirvas? Since we understand that Hashem is everywhere, it means wherever I go, God is with me. So what does it mean to say, when I'm close to God, that's good? There's no such thing that you're not close to Him. Wherever you are, that's where He is. More than that, not only that God is close to you, closeness implies that He's not in you, He's not within you. Closeness means, I'm near Him. So He is. Not only is Hashem close to, to us, there's nothing close. Hashem is with us. In us, every single second, he fills every space of us. So, what does that mean to say close? What does the Malach mean? If somebody is next to me, I could say I'm near this person. But if there's something that's in me and with me, 
and now that, but wherever I go, local kach neifel beloshem kirva, then closeness doesn't make so much sense. Closeness always means there's a possibility of distance, and right now I'm next to, I'm close to, not I'm I am with mamish. Ulam be'emes ha'sheila zunavaz magdoris sichlius shodem magdir heichen kadosh baruch hu nimsa. The tzaddik is explaining that, of course, our problem is that we use our own, our own intellectual, human definitions of closeness when we approach Tanakh, when we read Pesukim. So our way of thinking is far and close. So we think, where is God? According to our way, our physical perspective, which makes sense to us, we can conceive of being far, of being near. The truth is that when David Melech said those words, and we have to always understand, whenever we see this curve, Hashem, when Hashem is close, it doesn't mean physically close. It can't mean physically close, because it's absurd. When he said, he wasn't speaking about geography, he wasn't speaking about physical closeness. We're going to explain. meant something else. He wasn't talking about being near. He meant something else with Kirvas Alakim. As we learn, what is what really does Kivas Hashem mean? What is closest to God? Then we'll be able to know the difference between Kivas Hashem, closeness to God, and oneness with God. We'll understand with God's help. What's clear to us so far? He in any kirva mipchinis mokim. It certainly does not mean anything physical to be close to God. Elamohus kirva pnimis yoyse. The meaning, the definition of this kirva, of this closeness, is something. It's something deeper than than space. This boyant chila mahu musag karov boylemazes. So let's first understand what does the word karov close mean in this world. When we show him the nasalahavin pnimiyai, he said, "Then we're going to go deeper, byelamaruchni in the spiritual world to understand and to define kirvas Hashem." Niftach b'dugma. Let's begin with an example. Adam yaisha bebeisom musechech betelephone. Somebody is sitting in his house and he's on the telephone. Tarech kedesi chasa betelephone. While he's in the middle of his telephone conversation, nichnas yedid lebeisay. A friend comes in. And Balabayas telephone. Your friend walks in and you're on the telephone and you make a simon, the signal to your friend to wait a minute, wait a minute, I'll be off the telephone in a minute. after you finish the conversation, if you apologize to your friend, Al You apologize to your friend, you say, I'm sorry that you had to wait until I finished my, my phone call. How does he, what does he say? He says, please forgive me, I was talking to a karv. In Hebrew, a karv means what? A relative. It could also mean a very close friend, right? It means a karv. Somebody, a, a relative, a karv. That's why I, I, I didn't get it right away off the telephone. So your friend, your guest, asks you, who's your karv? 
Heichen Hogar, where does he live, the curve? So the guy answers, he lives, his name is so-and-so, and he lives in New York, let's say, right? So, so your friend asks, if, if, if this curve, if this curve of, your, of yours lives all the way, far, far away in New York, right, in Chutzlaretz, then how do you call him a curve? It's, absurd. it's ridiculous. But he's a curve. He's thousands of miles away. How do you say that he's my curve? And remember that the language of creation is Lashna Kaidish. It's interesting. In English, it's called a relative. That's a very interesting word, relative. It's the word related. It's very cold. You feel how cold it is? Related means you might have epis, you know the person. <laughs> we're related. It's a funny thing to say, we're related. In Lashna Kaidish, it's a, it's a curve. Curve means I'm near the person. Right? A curve. So this, so this friend asks, how could you say that he's your curve if he lives in New York? Right? And you live in Israel, and you shall, he lives in New York, how can you say he's a curve? So the guy answers, I didn't mean to say that he's curve, he's next to me. That that use of the word curve. Ella curve sheli, he's my curve. Who ben sheli, he's my my cousin. There are two types of kriven in this world. There are two meanings, or two definitions of kirva. Echad is kirva mebchines makam. One means kirva because of place. Beis is kirva mishpachtis. The second use of the word in Hebrew, uh, karav, kirva means family. Family is a karav. Of bein, a father, a son, a daughter, an uncle, ben daughter, a cousin. Hakirva hazayishal ben daughter, this closeness of a cousin and any biachas lamokim klal has nothing to do with where he lives. It has nothing to do with where he lives. He lives here, he lives in Israel. Since we're kroive mishpacha, we're family, we're close. That closeness has nothing to do with where he lives. It's a kirva pnimis. It's a kirva that's an internal kirva. It's a kirva that you carry with you. Whether you, you could be visiting, you could be the first, uh, the first yid, you know, on Mars, and you could still say, "It's my kirva, my cousin's my kirva." And you could be, you could be on a star someplace light years away, and you could say that, that, that my my wife, my husband, my brother, my sister, my child have my kirva, because that kirva has nothing to do with how close or far you are in space. It has to do with the kirva pnimis, with how close you you are internally, existentially, in the midst of who you are and how you feel. It's a, it's a kirva pnimis mitzada teloda from birth, from where you come from. There's an, there's an attachment, there's a kesha that's a nafshi, it's spiritual, it's pnimi, it's internal. I remember that, that a few years ago I met a relative that I, I didn't know existed. It was an unbelievable thing. I mean, we, we, met, we met here in the shul, a, a cousin. And it turns out he lives a few blocks away from me. I didn't even know. My cousin. Our, grandfa- our grandfathers were, 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 the grandfathers were brothers. 
And I didn't even know that he was here. I didn't even know who he was or what. And and then and then it became clear. So it's such an amazing moment because I knew him a little bit from the neighborhood, a good Shabbos or Malachim. And uh, you know, like this, we saw each other a few times. And then and then when I found out that he was my curve. So then in one second that changed from being a curve where it depends on the first definition, which means space when you see someone, a nice guy, how you doing? The Shabbos. And a curve that that, that curve that's thousands of years old, that's from the beginning of time of our blood and our family and, and, and what our, our, and our fathers and our grandfathers and grandmothers and the whole parish. It's a curve, it's something else altogether. And all of this is nothing compared to the Baruch which we're going to see. It's nothing. When you speak about a, a child, a parent, a wife, a husband, there the kirva is of course much deeper, has a much deeper meaning than being near something, near somebody. What does it mean kirva? It means we come from the same place. That's what it means, my cousin. We come from the same makor. We come from the same makor. The same source, the same root. Yachas al Shayrish. It has to do with the root of where we come from. And since the Makar and the Shayrish is one, the source and the root is one, that creates a, a spiritual, a deep spiritual closeness, regardless of where you are physically vis a vis this person. Two types of kirva. Kirva b'makom, closeness in space. And kirva b'nefesh, a closeness, a, a, a bond that holds the souls together. So now that we understand that there are two levels of kirva, physical closeness, and this family closeness that goes back to the root and the source that's spiritual. Let's continue. Let's ask this question. Do these two types of closeness depend one on the other? So he says, It's obvious. Just the fact that you're near somebody, The fact that you're physically that you're physically near somebody doesn't mean that you have any spiritual closeness or family relationship. The of course, the sadder flip side of that is the fact that you, the fact that there's a kirva mishpachtis, or I shouldn't say said, but the fact that there's a, a, a the fact that there's a, a family closeness, and in machvicha kirvas makom, but that's said, you don't always live next to your relatives. In the old days, families usually lived, or many times they lived all right near each other. Which nowadays is not so posh. People are spread out much more. But anyway, the fact that you the fact that you are spiritually close or family with somebody doesn't mean that you live near the person. You can be standing right next to somebody, with someone ill of mamish, mamish knocking into the next person. You have no spiritual connection to the guy at all. You know, you were put together. You're on the elevator. You know, you're on the train. You're not shaykhs to the person. Even though you, you, you're attached to them. So somebody, some, some crazy person would say, oh, the two of you must be very, very close. So he'd say, oh, I, know, I don't know what that is. I'm afraid of him. And just, you know, we're on the train. What are you going to do? So somebody, only a fool would say, you, you two of you, I see you, have, you must have a very beautiful relationship. I see the way you're standing next to each other. 
No, we're just two miserable victims of modern society. We're stuck on some train going nowhere, right? That's not a kiva, nafshis. Vaf yeso, okay, more than that. Panam shahakiva bevokam geremes l'richok nafshi. Sometimes, you know, that being close to the person could cause more of a spiritual distance from the person. If you ever want to lose a best friend, you, you, you become roommates with the person. It's, the, it's a sure thing. You are the best friends growing up. You say, you know what, let's go. We're in college. We're in seminary. We're in yeshiva. Let's be roommates together. It's a school that you'll never talk to each other the rest of your lives. All of a sudden you see what's going on over here. I, I, I didn't, I never, we never lived with each other. We always were best friends. So sometimes... Being physically close can cause spiritual separation. Right? You have people that are going out for, for 10 years and they finally get married. And they're not even married for 10 weeks. They were going out and they said we're the closest people on earth. But when they actually were close, then they couldn't bear each other. When they lived next to each other, they couldn't be that way. That because we're physically near each other, we're constantly fighting. Right? It's so much easier to have a good relationship with your child when, when he's in yeshiva someplace or when she's somewhere. It's much easier to be a gewaldig parent, to say always nice things. And, but if, you, if, you, if the kid is mamish every second, then sometimes it could make it harder to be close. It's crazy. You're mamish. All you want is to be close, but when you're close, you, you, you can't be close. And it causes more fights. Spiritual closeness does not necessarily require physical closeness. It doesn't necessarily require that. The fact that two people have a deep relationship with each other, a deep connection, doesn't mean that they have to live next door to each other, to feel that depth, to feel that closeness. Sometimes that the one who's closest to you, of your father, of your child, or your dearest friend, could be that they live very far away. Could be your father is very far away. Could be your mother, your brother, your sister, your best friend lives very far away. And it doesn't at all contradict or in any way detract from the closeness that you have with the person. Other Rabbi, you're filled with a longing for that person. You miss the person terribly. And missing and wanting is always a symbol of unbelievable closeness. Even though, you, even though you're thousands of miles away. He's my car, I'm close to this person. So we see that one does not, does not, um, uh, does not mean that the other is the, the physical closeness does not create spiritual closeness, nor does spiritual closeness necessarily create any kind of physical closeness. The kirvanavshis and the machrichah klal kirvus makom in the eshchilug ben kirvus makom the kirvanavshis. There's a difference between kirvus makom closeness in space and kirvanavshis spiritual closeness. Kirvus makom when it comes to closeness that depends on space. When I'm saying that somebody is close to me, I mean mamish now, that he's close to me. In space, physically close to me. However, the kirva nafshis, when we're speaking about spiritual closeness or family, or coming from the same root and source, when we speak about that, 
even though in my soul, inside of me, I feel unbelievably close to this person, and he feels close to me, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily revealed at every single moment that I'm mamish with him. Right? You could have a person that never ever thought about being close to God. But then when they tell him that they're going to kill him unless he converts, he dies. This has happened millions of times to our people. <laughs> He's prepared to die for the sake of God. And somebody's going to say, wait, you have a, a karav? What are you, a karav to Hashem? You have had a shaykh system? Never saw you put on film, never saw you keep Shabbos, I saw you never ate kosher. What's the kirva? What's the kirva that you have with God? What's your closeness to God? What's the you have to God? He can't explain it comes from the same Makar. A Jew has a, is a chilek l'kamimala. Yid is a piece of the body. Shalmanus. And it's not something which you could explain. I never was close to meaning that I never had it in my house. I never had a kosher mezuzah. I never had a kosher piece of food. So I, I can't say that I experienced closeness or he was close to me. And I never, I never at any time in my life felt any kind of a relationship with him. But then when some anti-Semite puts his hand all the way into your kishkas and he's telling you he's going to rip out God from your kishkas, then all of a sudden you say, I- I- I'll die, you can't, don't take him away from me. I'd rather die. It's something which can't, it defies anything that's rational. He says, when you love your relative or you love your friend, and you're very attached to him, that doesn't necessarily mean that you feel that all the time. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily thinking about your father every minute or thinking about your brother or your sister or your child even though there's a kirva, you're not thinking every second. It's not always in an opened and revealed way. Adrab, you could, it could be that you, that, you have, that you have a fight with a person. The medrash, in the Medrash there's a, there's a the, the Sefer Abbo here brings a Medrash about about a, 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 a king and a queen that had a fight and uh, and, and they didn't talk for a long time and what something happened the queen whatever didn't behave right so then the queen came to apologize and the medrash says that in one second the king once again in one second was expressing his love even in a more passionate way than it was ever before so how does that make sense if two people, listen, if two people were separated and they didn't have a shaykhs to each other, how do you pick up where you left off? What does that mean? Not only that, but the, the love was even greater than before. But the terror says because the love never went away. It's just that we, we felt something that came between us. There was a certain distance as a result of something that went wrong. But in the depths of who I am, that kiva was always there, the closeness was there. I was just waiting for the obstruction to be removed. And now that it's removed, we don't have to, we don't have to uh, you know, become reacquainted. We just continue where we left off with the love that was always there. It was just there was something funny that was in the way. There was something that was artificial in the way. Sometimes the closeness is revealed, closeness, and you feel it, and it fills your, your consciousness. For instance, at a time of Simcha, you might not think of this cousin or this relative. We had a family Simcha recently, Baruch Hashem on a Shabbos, we had a Bar Mitzvah, and, and, I, and, and we, had the, we had the Friday night at the, at the meal, we were, we were sitting in, you know, we had a meal in a shul someplace in Flappish, and I was sitting around looking at the tables with all the nieces and nephews and, and my brothers and my sister, and I, and I said to my wife, 
it's gewalt. What what nach is to have to see the to see the the, the children, the, the nieces, the nephews, and all of us together, and everybody going the right way and caring for each other and so on and, and being close. So somebody can ask a kasha, like you know, what are you talking about being close? You, know, you, you didn't see you didn't see your, your brother or your sister in law for the last uh, three weeks, and how come we don't get together more often? And what kind of closeness is that? And I, and I ask myself all the time. I have my, my sister. She should be well. Lives in Farakway, and I, I certainly don't. She's my older sister, and I don't visit her as often as I should. And she will. She would tell you that. You would meet her. <laughs> and she tells me that. And she's right. And my mother reminds me twice a day, right? But in a second, in a second, it's not. There's a space that separates, but the, but in a second, you go back to that place of of, of being children together and. And, 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 and playing in the same in the same sandbox and growing up in one second. There's no there could be time, there could be space and the and that and that however uh, that love is not begully, it's not begil, it's not revealed, you don't feel it necessarily. That's why see this is called Ahava Kamaim. A love like flowing water. There's a love that's like fire, that's like a chasnakal. And then there's a love of blood relations, that's a love of kemaim, like water, it's gentle. But if anybody gets in the way it's a, you know, in a second it changes the fire. In one second. Sha'azadam is shatifat. I see this all the time. You know where this comes out a lot? You'll have you'll have uh, there'll be a husband and wife and and the, let's say let's give this this common thing that happens. But one of the two, let's say the husband, has major problems for the last forty years with his mother. For example, major problems for Isma. And and uh, fights and disagreements and he's constantly complaining to his wife that my mother doesn't understand me and my mother this ah, she makes me crazy. And then on, on one one day the husband and wife have something not a hundred percent, and and the and the wife says something bad about her mother-in-law, and the husband says that's my mother. He told my that's my mother. So she doesn't understand. I mean I'm listening to you for the last twenty years, like say bad things about your mom. So, they, so he's very, very angry and very defensive. How dare you? Who, what, what do you think? And she doesn't happen. That's why you have to always remind the Chasnakala, don't you ever, no matter what, ever say anything about a mother-in-law or a father-in-law, ever. Because even though at the moment your spouse might nod the head and agree, but it, it's, a, it's a wound to the heart, because there's a kirva that that person has with his mother long before he ever met you. And the kirva, the shayrish is very deep. And you can't mess with it. You have to be very careful. It causes permanent damage if you if you tamper with that kirva. Even though a you don't understand. You don't. You yourself. You don't even care for your mother. I love my. What are you talking about? I love. You love your mother. I never heard a nice word for this. I love my mother. What does that mean, Bechal? It's a kirva that goes beyond anything that we understand in terms of closeness as it's defined in physical space. But but when it's a time of a simcha. Then everybody, there's a feeling of closeness and the relatives and so on. God forbid, if it's somebody dies and the family gets together and they're sitting so then all of a sudden they come from all different parts of the world, wherever they come from, and, and there's no place and with nobody else are you as comfortable. And can you be yourself? That's why when there's a family sitting shiva, there's always a funny feeling in the air. On the one hand, there's a feeling of mourning. Of course, somebody that they love passed away. On the other hand, there's a, you could sense a very deep feeling of belonging, that the people, how they belong with each other in that room. And that there's this, not a joy, but there's a certain comfort that they have. 
That's part of the point of the shiva, being with each other. Not just people coming to being, comfort them, but the comfort of being back with, with who I am. That you know, you could you could make believe you're a million things by the rest of the world, but when you're with your cousins and your aunts and your uncles and your grandparents, that, that, so then that's who you are. Now you remember where you come from. So then those shows all the then you feel more of a connection. Once we understand the definitions of kirva of closeness in this world. Now let's come back and talk about Kirva Hashem. So how are we close to God? Can we use our definitions in this world of closeness to understand Kirva Selakim, closeness to God? Can we borrow and use these terms, this, these concepts of Kirva when it comes to Hashem? It's not Kivas HaMakam. So, as far as place is concerned, we just learned a few minutes ago, There's no one that's close to you, as close to you as Hashem. Physically. In space. Because there's no place that's empty of Him. So wherever you go, He's with you. From the, from the moment we came into the world to the moment we leave the world, he's mamish with us. He's with each and every one of us. Vainim the Fradim Klaus. As far as that's concerned, there's no separation. There can't be any separation. As far as in this world, there's nothing else that you could always be near. It doesn't work that way. You're always you're going, you're coming, you're near. Sometimes you're near, sometimes you're not near. But Hashem's book is every second. You are never for a second apart. And even in this world, when even when you're near somebody, you're not mamish inside and together, it's you close. It's not the case. We're close to Hashem every second. There's nothing to compare to that in terms of physical closeness. There, there, nothing can compare to the closeness that a person has with Hashem. It's the highest level of closeness in this world. the next page. And now, what about the other definition of closeness? The other definition of closeness means spiritual closeness, the root, the source, family. Close friend that you know your whole life. Mikromolihu. We have Beferish Psukim. It says Beferish in the Psukim. What are the Psukim? It says in Chumish, Bonim Atim Lashem Alokechem. Hashem said, You're my children. That's that's blood relative. That's close. It's a Korov. Oksiv, and it says in Pasik, Reacha, Vereya Avicha Al Tazav. Your friend and the friend of your father, don't abandon him. Don't leave Hashem. He's your friend and your father's friend. Right? Laman achai virei'ai. Hashem is called our friend. Re'ai, a re'a. Ve'ahatli re'acha means your, your, your buddy, your friend. Harishonu bonav shalabayi v'yididav. Re'acha. Hashem has revealed to us that he's, his, he's our father and, and he's our friend. And in other places, of course, in Tanakh, he's called our husband, our chosen, right? The whole shir shir is our chosen. These are the closest relationships that are possible in terms of spiritual 
root relationships that go back to the beginning where you come from. Nimsa. It turn, what it means is that on both levels we're close to Hashem in terms of space. There's no place empty of Him. And as far as, far as being related to Him. And as far as being His closest friend. So what's the problem? This sounds great. There's one major component that's missing in this closeness it's the main thing we feel is missing what's that in this world when you are physically close to something or somebody if it's physical then you could see the person and you could, you could look at him you could talk to him he talks to you and, and, and there he is right? as far as physical closeness now when it's family closeness Aviv, your father, your son, your uncle, cousin You feel, you know, you feel that family bond You feel that closeness You feel, I am a son, this is my father You feel that you're a father you feel that you're an uncle. It's an amazing thing. You can go to, you can go to the, in the hospital where they have all the little babies, Hashem, right? With the, that, that, what's it called? The maternity, right? No, the nursery. You can go to, the, you can go to the nursery, and 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 you never even, you never even saw the baby yet, right? It's your grandchild, let's say. Never even saw the baby, and they take you over there, and 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 you look around, and your, your child says, "Over there, over there, over there." Look, that's ours, that's ours, that's ours, and then from that moment on, nobody else looks like that child. It's an amazing thing. The second you said, you see, that's my that's my child, it's my grandchild. Right? Then forever and ever, you could go to a park, and there'll be a thousand children playing in the park, and your eyes only see that child. It's an amazing thing. It's very deep. So in this world, you could see that, you could feel it. You did. You have a close friend. You did. You have experiences together. We went through things together. It's my friend. And my soul feels this very clearly. However, when we speak about closeness to Hashem, both levels of closeness that we spoke about physically being near him, he's always with us and that he's our father, he's our friend and so on the two types of kirva kirva's yedidus and friendship yedid nefesh of harachman this most beautiful song right, because everything is in the yedid nefesh the friend of my soul of harachman, compassionate father that we say Shabbos Shalashudas you did nefesh on Friday when Kabul Shabbos. You did nefesh over Achman. The big question, of course, is Do you actually feel that? A. That he's with you every second physically. And, and we say those words, there is no space that's empty of God. Do we know that? 
Do we just know it intellectually? Every one of us knows that God is everywhere. Do we just know that as some abstract intellectual concept that God is everywhere? Or do we feel it mamish, the chush gama, that he's here with me? All the halachas of davening. All the halachas of davening that you're standing before the king. And that nobody's allowed to walk in between you when you're diving to walk in front of you. It's a chutzpah because it's like the king is standing and who are you to come in between this person and the king? Right? All these halachas. It's real stuff. So either you just know it intellectually that God is every second mamish with you or it's something that you it's something you, you, you know it intellectually that he's there but you don't feel it and you don't sense that. All of these halachas even about how a person the beginning of Shulchan Aruch is how do you conduct yourself when there's nobody there? That's how Shulchan Aruch begins. Shivis Hashem To feel God's presence, as it says in Tillam. To feel God's presence every single second. And what does the Shulchan Aruch talk about over there? A lot of people don't like that beginning of Shulchan Aruch. It talks about how you act when you are getting dressed, you're undressed, how you act in the bathroom. So what? Well, who cares what I do in the bathroom? You ever hear such a thing? Who cares? How I get dressed or undressed? I'm by myself in the room. What's the difference? How I get dressed? And the Shulchan Aruch tells us that we have to be modest even when we're by ourselves. How we get dressed or undressed and how we act in the bathroom. Without going into all those halachas. It's always a problem because when you have a Baal that never learned Torah and he starts to learn Shulchan Aruch, he learns that stuff. He thinks, well, what do I get myself into over here? <laughs> like, you know, there's a whole long section on what you do in the bathroom. And how do you, and how do you act in the bathroom? So what does that, what does that mean? If you feel that humility and that and that presence, that God presence, and that you carry yourself in that way as far as how you dress and how you carry yourself even when you're by yourself, so that's only because you feel His presence. If you just know that God is with you, that's not going to change how you, how you act when you're by yourself. If you just know it intellectually. But knowing that God is near you doesn't... It doesn't change how you dress and how you are. It might it might be you act a certain way in shul, you act a certain way when the people are around, but but the Torah cares about about how you act even when you're by yourself in the room and there's nobody in, there's nobody else. If you be the only person in the world that's left, God forbid, right? So never in the world look what a churban is in the world today. Mamish a churban. I can't stop thinking about this. A churban in the world, thousands and thousands of people. A person, even if God forbid somebody is by himself in the world, you still have to get dressed a certain way. It still says in Shukhnar. There's nobody watching. There's nobody that would ever see how I dress. You still have to dress a certain way. You still have to walk a certain way. Why? Because you're God conscious. And consciousness means, you know, sometimes, like they, I remember reading, they made studies about about mixed education, co-ed co education, and when they're separate, how different boys and girls act. Forget, that's my religion, that's not Allah, just Tom. These, these were studies that were made by, by non-Jews. About how different a boy, boys and girls act in a classroom when they're, if they're only boys or, or it's co girls or, or it's co-ed. Totally different people, like different people. This feeling of being watched, that there's somebody watching you, and how you act when you feel that you're being watched.
The question is, do you know intellectually that God is physically with you? Mamish with you. There's no space that's empty of him. Do you know that intellectually? That won't necessarily change your life. Or, or do you mamish feel it bechush? Bechush. V'im kein. Hayinu tzvichim lahargisho kol azman. If God is mamish, we believe, we, I can say the words that God is with, is here every second, then we should feel him every second. The Kemtikash Baruch and Nimsi, Mona Kalazman, mamish canal, because he's constantly with me. That's one kirva, that's one type of closeness, physical closeness. We should feel it every second. And how we act and how we conduct ourselves every second. The second thing is hakirva's mishpacha. What the second type of kirva means? Closeness on a spiritual, on a deeper level. Closeness of family, closeness of a friend, of a, of a child. Now, I might know intellectually that God has called me his child. That doesn't necessarily give you a feeling of... The fact that you know that won't lift you out of the, out of the, out of the dump, you know, out of, out of the cellar. You can meet a person, and this person is totally, totally... Sebrochen has no self-esteem. And you tell them... Don't you know that? Don't you know that the Baruch Shalom loves you as your father? No matter no matter who's left you, the Baruch Shalom has never left you. I don't know. You know, you could say those words, and you could say the davening, but but when you really really need a close friend, or you really need a father or a mother, the question of whether you actually be'emis be'emis feel that God is your relative, that God is not only is he your relative. He's a much, much closer relative than any other relative, than a husband, a wife, a father, a child. Because all of that is a kirva for 70, 80, 90 years. The Baruch Shalom's kirva is a kirva from the beginning to the end. Do you feel that in your heart? That you're close, that you're his child? That's the question. Not that you know it. Do you feel that? That's what the Sefer is about. And also, if you want to be marshal on this, if you, if you have a chance, we're learning now... The Piazzetta, the Eish Kodesh is safer on Friday morning at 6 o'clock. We're learning... Don't come, don't come as thoroughly to come. But, I, I know you would, if I didn't tell you that, you would. But, but we're learning the Sefer, Hachshara Sahavrechen, from the Piazzetta, the Eish Kodesh. The, the whole Eish Kodesh is on this Indian, of how to strengthen this chush, this hergish, that you're close to, a feeling close to. We're going to learn a little bit here, but that whole Sefer we're learning from Piazzetta. If you have a chance to listen, uh, with, with learning that Indian every week now, the guys, this Indian of the Indian of, of Kirvis Alakim, that Hergish. Do you feel that? Kirvis Yedidus. Okay, so there's another, light, there's another type of friendship that's called, uh, of closeness that's called a friend. He's called our friend. Do we just know that intellectually that he's our friend? Or I feel his friendship. I feel his, his commitment to our relationship. I feel his loyalty to me, his faithfulness to me. Even though there are times that I don't understand why he's acting a certain way. But I feel his close, I feel his friendship. And I believe in his friendship. So what this means is that our closeness to Hashem is on all levels. It's on physically close, it's family close, and it's friend close. That's our problem. When it comes to 
kirva of this world, I could see that I'm close to somebody physically, or I could feel that I'm close to my brother, my sister, my father, my mother. I feel that. Uh, when it comes to Hashem, we just know that. Mashachosay, it's a rave b'nei adam. Shakirva zurak yeda sheyesh kazu kirva. By most Jews, it's all of life to 120. It's only with this piece of knowledge that I know that we're close. I know that. Ulam lochus zois bebira, but the mamish feel it. Shonu kravim. To feel that he's with me physically. And next to me and inside of me. To feel that we're his children. To feel that we're his friend. So that's what's missing. It's true. We're craving on all levels of kirva. What we're missing is that hergish, the feeling of the kirva, in a, in a way that you could mamish sense it. The strongest time of the day to strengthen that is davening tefillah. The word tefillah is the word tiflo, which means itself attachment, tefillah, which means detachment. There's no other time like davening that a person can attach himself and feel that kirva. So we need to we need to, to to conduct all kinds of studies why there's so much nonsense going on in shul and you know politics and talking and carrying on and people coming late. If you ask any of those Jews, are, are you are you Hashem's child? The answer is yes. Is God here in, in every second with you? Yes. Is God your friend? Yes. Do you feel any of that? No. If you would feel that, how could you talk in the middle of Ashrei? If you would feel that, how could you come to shul at a hour late? If you would feel that, how could you make a farce out of out of God's place? What does it mean, Bechla? There's no place like that place and closeness to Hashem's bar. That's why all of these campaigns that are so that come from such a good and holy place, all these things, you know, how to stop talking in shuls. We're gonna, you know, these big campaigns, and then, you know. The, People have told me they're going to give everybody in shul a button, you know, do not talk, I don't talk. All of these campaigns, like to stop talking, it's not getting to the, it's not getting to the root of the problem. It's the root of the problem is that Jews just don't feel, don't feel any shaykhist to him. They don't feel close to him. If a Jew feels close to God, if God forbid, you, if, you're, if you're in the hospital and someone that you love with all your heart, someone that's your mamish, your soul, is, is dying in that room, you're not going to stop in the middle of your davening to talk about about the Yankees or about you know about politics when you're davening. Because at that moment you need God's friendship. You're desperate for His being your father, and you want Him to hear you. You're my father. So you could conduct all the anti-talking in shul campaigns, but it's like it's, it's like silly. So then they're going to have all these things to explain the davening. We're going to have so we need a more explanations of what the davening means. So how much do you need? You can buy. A, now they sell Siddur The Siddur hasn't. First, it was just an English translation. When we were kids, it was just you have. If you wanted, you get Hebrew, and you can get one of those old thou thus type of things. On the, so then they made it better. So then you were able to get an English that talks like normal English. That was the next level, right? That was good. 
then they already have the next level that you're able to get that is one sentence in the Hebrew and you look across and it's one sentence. Now you don't have to even do that. What do they have now? On top of the word. The Bible like the word is screaming at you. I'm here. You don't have to even look across the page. You don't have to look anywhere. It's on the word. Baruch blessed. It's right there. In the word it says Baruch. It says in English. So how come that's not stopping all the talking? So the Torah says, no, no, we need to have another class on Be'erat Tefillah. That's all nice. It's always good to learn Torah. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything when we're learning what the davening means. That's not it. It's never been it. And it will never solve the problem of Jews talking in shul. The only thing that will solve the problem of Jews talking in shul is when they feel close to God. When it becomes to them unthinkable to interrupt a conversation with somebody that I adore, that I love, who means everything to me, to talk about an Irish guy. There's no other way to do it. That's why I see it, to me, it makes me very sad, because I feel like it's such a baruch of a tar. You can make all the rules, one second, you can make all the rules and regulations, and you can put guards by every row, you know, and, and the rabbi spends his whole life, and he, told, he tells the Balkari, he'll stop, and the Balkari will stop. It's sad, isn't it? If it were, if it were our children, and we were in school, we'd look at them, we'd feel that it's, it's, it's Rahman, it's little babies. Some would film all of this. Grown people. And any any guy, Lahalda, would walk into the shul would say, the problem here is not decorum. The problem is that nobody feels a relationship to God. It's a busha. A person a person has to learn to be in a crowd of a million people and to be completely alone with God. That's the Piazetz and the Ishkaidish he 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 drew a picture of that in one of his meditations, which, which we learned years ago, that there's somebody that you love and you haven't seen in a long time, and, there's, and you, you walk into like a party, and the person you love more than anything you've been waiting to see is, is like someplace at the other end of the room, and there are a million people in the way. And how you get through the room, that feeling of getting through the room to, to find and to be alone, even though there are thousands of people there, that when your eyes meet, there's nobody else there. So the tachlis is not to necessarily be alone. The tachlis is, even if you're with a million people, you're alone. That's the, that's the tachlis. So this is the, this is the problem. Let's just finish this paragraph. He says, <laughs> It's just information. There's a closeness. The feeler were physically with him every second. His children, his friends. That's missing. We are kravim on both levels of kirva. We're close. But it's the, the feel it and the sense it. That's what's missing. When it comes to people that I'm next to in this world, that are close to me physically, I see them. They're next to me. The guy's standing here. So when it comes, and also family, I know this also. The problem is that even though I, I might know this, I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily feel this. Let me just end with, we'll end with it and I'll tell you, uh, I want to remind you of a story that I told you. I might have just said it uh, before the summer, I don't remember. I've said it many times. It's a whole, the story is in Arikha, so I'm not going to get to the background of the story. But basically what happened was that there was a, you, you heard of the Soloveitchik family, right? They're very bright people, you know that. <laughs> 
people throw around the world the word now genius is anybody that like passes a test is called who's a genius but they're real geniuses they're real geniuses so the Briscoe had a son Reb Beryl you know the famous Reb Soloveitchik from America that's his first cousin was the, Reb, Reb, the same name Reb Yosef Be'er Reb Beryl from Yushalayim first cousin now the Soloveitchiks some of you I'm sure will remember this the Soloveitchiks with, with them they're not particularly they don't show too much emotion and they're very close like that but if you're family they'll do anything for you if you're a Soloveitchik you're, 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 you're in family is everything so there was, there was somebody that came to Yushalayim to collect money and he came into Rebero Soloveitchik he wanted to, to get something from Rebero and Rebero said who are you? So he said, I'm, a, I'm related to you, Rabbi. So now he paid attention. Rebel says, you're my relative. How? So he gave like a whole thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was really, really out. You know, the relation like, you know, very, very. So Rebel said to him, Vaitakarov. In Yiddish means, Vaitakarov means distant, distant <laughs> relative. Wow. Distant karv. So, the, so in other words, I'm not giving you anything extra. You know, like you got like anybody else. It's not family. So the yid, so the yid said, Rabbi, can, can I tell you chesed shemaisa for a second? That's also something the Solvetchik's don't usually like, as you know. <laughs> so he says, chesed shemaisa what? So he says there was a maisa. I'm just reminding you. Most of you know this story. It's a chesed shemaisa that that there was there was a yid that was in Lublin a very poor person, and he knew that in Lublin, when you went to the seer of Lublin, the Chayzer, if you were a stranger, he gave you a nice amount of money. If you were a relative, he gave you twice, double. Those are the Harwood system, the Chayzer's family, the the Levine, you get twice. So this year, this year went to the Chayzer, he went to the Chayzer, and, uh, and, and the Chayzer said, who are you? So the Chayzer gave him some money, and the Yid said, no, Rabbi, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a karv. I'm, I'm related. So the Chayzer said, how? So he said also, oh, whole thing. So the Chayzer said, sorry, you get the regular amount, distant relative. So he goes outside, and he's pretty depressed. He was hoping to get a double portion, you know. So who does he meet? The Holy Rebbe of Naftali Rapsit, so he meets. So Naftali Rapsit, Naftali was very, very clever, very clever and very funny. So Naftali saw this yid, and he saw, he said, he said, repeat, what's the matter? He looks at he said, I'm very sad. I was just in by the Chayza, by the Rebbe. He said, what happened? So he told him the whole Maisa. But I only got single. because I said, why? What the Rebbe? He said, you're a He says, listen to me. The, the, the Holy said, listen, I'm going to give you an Eitzah, what you should do, and you're going to get the, you'll get the second uh, 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 portion. Listen to me. Soon as Mincha, go push through all the Chassidim, the Lani of the Chassidim hold you back, and go stand right next to the Chayza, the Rebbe, when he's davening. Don't let anybody stop you. Just push. Get right next to the Rebbe. And every time the Rebbe Davins, the Ranaftali was his closest disciple, when the Rebbe Davins, he goes, Baruch Hashem, he says, Alokei, 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 he says, he goes, Alokei Avram, Alokei Yitzchak, whisper into his ear, Vaitakraven, distant relative. Say, say distant, and he says, Alokei, say distant relative. He's actually, he says, listen to me, do that, you'll get the money. So this yid goes crazy, pushing through all the chassidim, goes right up to the Rebbe, and he stands over there, and, and the chayzer's eyes are closed, and he goes, my God, my God, the God of my fathers. And this yid says, distant relative. The chayzer shakes, right? and he finishes the davening, and right after he goes back three steps, he turns around, he gives this yid, not double, he gives him three times the money he gives him away. 
So this first one said to Rabbi Soloveitchik, Rabbi Soloveitchik, he said, no, Rabbi, you see, Vaita Kraven, it's also, Vaita Kraven is also something, right? Distant relatives, I, I should also get the money. So the, so the Rabbi Soloveitchik said, ah, he said, he said, he said, I'm going to tell you why. He said, I believe that the story is true, but the Chayzer shouldn't have listened to that guy. When that guy said, Vaita Kraven, there's a difference. Rabbi Soloveitchik said, you see, me and you, we could be distant relatives. But you can't tell somebody there's a distant relative from the Bani Shalom and from Avram Avinu Yitzchak there's no such thing. That there's no such. There's no vayta kriven by the Bani Shalom. By the Bani Shalom it's mamish by davening by tefillah by the other seinim. El kenyu el kavu seinim. There's no vayta kriven. Me and you, I'm not giving you as an extra penny. You're not my. You're a vayta card. But the Bani Shalom is a card of mamish, not a vayta card. I will continue next week. <laughs>